Blog Talk Radio. Icon, Granny Hawker, and Big Swing. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Attitude Era Live, one of the longest running, and uh, I mean, at least what I'm being told anyway, most successful wrestling podcast currently on the internet. Uh, big week last week. This week, not so much going on. You know, Becky Lynch dropped a bombshell on Raw. We'll get into that, yada, yada. But big week last week for two reasons. One, on Wednesday, we had Kenzie Page, who, if you guys have been listening to this show for long enough, I mean, I think and this was like a year and a half ago. Yeah, 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 well, true. But I think this was like a year, year and a half ago at some point, uh, I believe, anyway. I'd have to go back and look. Kenzie Page came on. Uh, we were her first ever interview that she had had uh, that wasn't, you know, a backstage wrestling interview anyway. We were her first, like, media interview. Uh, you know, and she talked to us a little bit about, you know, her life and everything. She was young. She was the youngest player in wrestler. Well, I almost pooped myself. Uh, I'm sitting there, you know, I'm eating some snacks. I'm watching AEW. Um, and all of a sudden, I see Kenzie Page, who we spoke to, um, debut on AEW Dynamite. And, I mean, obviously, it was a squash match. They put her up against the champ and all that. And it was whatever. But it was on national television. And uh, we were the first ones that really ever got to talk to her. So I'm going to go through and find the Kenzie Page interview uh, tonight. And I'll get that over to Icon. We can get that posted on the Facebook page for you guys to listen to. Uh, it's, you know, I believe, I don't know if she was second guest we had or first or third. I, I don't remember what order she came in. It was so long ago. But, uh, yeah, Kenzie Page, big time now. She made the big leagues. Now, Icon, we're going to put your theory test here. You ask every single guest that is in the independent cycle if they make it to the big if they make it to WWE, NXT, AEW, whatever it may be, 
you always ask them, you're not going to big time us, right? You're still going to be our friend when you make it to the big leagues. Well, now we get to find out because if we can get back in touch with Kenzie Page, uh, we get to, you know, ask her, hey, you know, you still want to come on, right? You still want to be friends with us because AEW doesn't have the crazy talk show stipulations that WWE does. Secondly, the very next week on Thursday, Granny was on a podcast. Um, I got to listen to a little bit of it. I got a little tired with, with some sports stuff, but I got to listen to a little bit of it. Uh, I kind of do end up calling in. I I did not. I uh, had some uh, some things I had to take care of at uh, you know my other job, and I was not okay. able to. I do apologize that for the Granny, but I was listening okay. uh, with what I was doing, but I. Uh, you know, the other thing is, you know, I, I didn't, didn't want to steal your thunder, really. And, uh, well, what, you know, how what, what, what we were going to do was I, I kind of came up with a way for a uh, – uh, to, to, to get a shameless plug in there. Like, you know how uh, Mick Foley would always give the thumbs up and say, like, whatever city, like, right here in Madison Square Garden, and then he'd do the thumbs up and it all appear, you know. I tell him we're going to do a, a shameless plug like that and be like, Granny, you're on another uh, show as well, aren't you, on Monday night? Uh, what, what show is that? And you know, and you'd mention us, and then Icon would, you know, get a stiffy and all that. So that was going to be the the original plan. But then we're like, you know what? Yeah, we're not going to steal her Sunday. We'll let her, you know, let her do her thing. Well, her actually, and I did, plug, I did plug our show for Monday night, guys. I mean, we always well, get that. to do a plug, you know, and so. And we but did, it we was a lot of fun. Up. We wanted it to come organically. We didn't. We, we didn't want to sort of trap you into it. So oh, we, I know. So we were I know. But, and but it was you great. know, hey. But you know what? Um, you know, Stroh was so impressed, and he enjoyed it so much that we're going to, at some point in time we're going to do a second part of this interview because I didn't get to share all my stories that I wanted to share, and you know, and Stroh wanted me to save some stories for next time, but he wants me to come on again as his special guest again at some point in time so really awesome. cool and, and we, we would love for that and again we'll, we'll listen to that and when granny gets the link for it we'll uh we'll post that up on the social media page as well and uh i got one last business and i just want to say it uh before you go into who we got on tonight um and, and i'm not looking for a shoot here i'm not looking for a sarcastic comment i'm just giving you some news um one of the people who's not who who sometimes you hear on our show hasn't been on in a couple of weeks. He's had a lot, he's had a lot of stuff going on, uh, personal life and professionally. Uh, but Otto von Klutz, who you've heard on our show a couple of times, uh, was in touch with me uh, and and has a uh, potential opportunity for uh, a potential opportunity for a new really cool. So um, you know, definitely want to give you know give shout outs to that for him and. And uh, if he's able to make New Japan, you know, that's a big step up in his uh, in his repertoire and his resume. So, uh, congratulations on that. Um, now, Icon, we'll talk about who we got coming on. Let me ask you though: Is our first guest supposed to be a six-two-six? Uh, well, let me uh, double check that. Uh, no, um, he's uh, calling from. Uh, Three three six eight eight. Uh, so no, you don't need uh, to give the whole number, just the area code. Um, okay, yeah, well, I don't want anybody's number. Number is like fully broadcasted. Oh, overseas number. Okay, well, well, we do have a Pasadena, California uh, number on with us right now. 
it looks familiar. I, if I had to guess, I I would guess who it was. But uh, either way, um, I'm going to put them on here and uh, just see what they have to say before we go into who our guests are. Uh, so, caller, what's up? What is going on, guys? It is Otto Von Clutch. And as you heard the big swing said, that OBC has some pretty good news. So we'll see what happens. And New Japan Wrestling might just have Otto Von Clutch on their roster before you guys know it. And there we go. And, you know, that is that is big time uh, news for one of our um, uh, our show regulars, at least in the last couple months anyway, if, if you guys have been listening. Uh, so, you know, congratulations on that. So big news all around for the show. The Kenzie Page debut on AEW, the Granny podcast, which went so well that now they want a part two, and Otto Von Clutch with with the potential of New Japan Wrestling on the horizon here. So uh, we're all doing big things. Everybody's doing their own thing, and uh, and everything's been pretty gold so far. So, Icon, who's, uh, who's coming on with us here tonight? Uh, I mean, if you've been following the show, you should already know this, but it's, it's uh, you know, a thing that Icon likes to do. So, Icon, go on and tell us, who do we got coming on the show here tonight? And, well, uh, and, and what can we expect to hear? Actually, tonight it's going to be kind of a it's going to be kind of a chilly Monday uh, when you hear the names of these guests. Chilly? Uh, we'll, it is a chilly Monday. It's in the 30s here in New York, which is terrible. But anyway, yeah, to continue. And, and we'll see if you guys can pick up on it. Our first guest will be Diego Frost. Uh, okay. Where he's going from? It's like two in the morning or something right there. So uh, uh, he's uh, he's going to join us. I can't wait to talk to him about what's going on in uh, uh, in Europe. Uh, so. Uh, you know, that'll be really, really cool. Uh, just, yeah, you uh, first, okay. Him. And uh, then uh, we're gonna. Uh, it's currently what are, what are we in the the spring season? But we're gonna we're gonna go back to winter. Uh, we're gonna have Julie Winters on with us. Uh, she is uh, a gal that uh, can definitely put you in a trick in the middle of the ring, and. Uh, when I say put you in the trick, I mean, if you could see some of the pictures that she has posted uh, of the way that she gets guys to – guys, the way she gets her <laughs> opponents to submit uh, will be uh, really awesome. And uh, we're going to have uh, Pat La, uh, Laprati on with us. Uh, he's uh, he's uh, from uh, – he's our neighbor to the north up there in Canada. And uh, he lives out in uh, Montreal up there, and uh, he's been involved in a few um, of the um, Dark Side of the Ring uh, TV series episodes. So we're going to talk to him about that, and uh, this will be the first week that I'm not going to announce who's on next week because I want to get Ooh, why is that? our I want to get traffic to our webpage uh, on uh, Facebook. You know, you go to Off the Ropes. Uh, because, you know, the jerks of Facebook won't let us change our name from Off the Ropes to Attitude Era Live uh, because they say it's uh, combative or offensive, which I really don't Which is yet. very, very, very strange. I, I don't I don't understand that. But, you know, it's Facebook. You can't sneeze on Facebook without getting banned. So I, I it, it's totally understandable. But uh, for those of you who may be new listeners or have only been listening since we've been Attitude Ever Live, the original name of the show was Off the Ropes. 
then when when we got a complete overhaul with hosts and guests and show format, uh, we decided to go in a different direction. We got the new logo made and and the whole thing. So, um, so yeah, it was originally called Off the Ropes. The Facebook page was made at that point, uh, and and you know, like like Icon said, they won't let us change it. So, um, but yeah, Icon, we are. Uh, I, no, no one's on the line. Yet. No, no other callers are on the line yet. But uh, we are looking at, at turbulent times here in wrestling. I mean, we had, we just had a 309-day champion. So a year and 30 days, give or take. Um, 339-day champion Becky Lynch uh, surrendered the belt here in the beginning of Raw, dropping a bombshell on us. And that was the fact that she is now expecting. Um, rumor has it... I got, a, I got an issue with this. Rumor has it it's, it's Seth Rollins's, but, you know, you just never know what really goes on on the road. But, uh, but yeah, what was that, I got? I got an issue with that. And I'll tell you why. She had to drop the belt uh, because she's unable to defend it, okay? Now, here's mm. the thing. I, I understand you're, you're, uh, when you're expecting you can't wrestle. I understand that for safety of your child. I understand that. But why should she have to drop the belt? Brock Lesnar, he shows up every four months. So, come on, give me a break. He doesn't have to drop the it, title. It's a different structure, though. When, when Brock Lesnar came in, specifically signed that type of title. I mean, look at it this way. Becky Lynch has held the belt for 339 days, but Becky Lynch has fought most pretty much every <clears throat> show and every pay-per-view, and she was on both shows for a while. So I mean, she she's really put the work in, and she's been the face of the. She's been the female on Cena for the most part, um, for for the last year and a half, maybe two years. Um, so it, it's a little different in that regard. Whereas Brock Lesnar, we knew we were only going to see limited amounts of time with him. Who I have the issue holding the belt is Braun Strowman. Um, Strowman, yes, he's big, he's mean, he's he's physical, he's talented, he's, he's all these things you can say positively about Strowman, but Goldberg is 60 years old almost, and, he, well, he's at 50, I guess, but anyway, Goldberg is an old man now. He, he wanted one more, you know, go at WrestleMania. It was supposed to be Roman Reigns, which is even more gag-inducing, but that's for a different story. It was supposed to be Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns was, oh, I don't want to get coronavirus, but, you know, uh, I mean, which I understand. He had leukemia and he's compromised. I, I get it, but, I mean, everybody else is traveling. But, anyway, regardless, he doesn't go to WrestleMania. He pulls out. They put Braun Strowman in there to go up against Goldberg. Braun Strowman wins the belt, which was a match Goldberg was supposed to lose anyway. I, I mean, they, they, they could have put – they could have put, you know, literally anybody. They could have put, Mike, uh, you know, uh, Michael Cole in the ring. He would have won the belt. Goldberg was supposed to lose that match. Um, and now Braun Strowman, now they're pushing the storyline with Bray Wyatt, and they're making him out to all this and blah, 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 blah. Braun Strowman, I just don't I, – I, it's a different feeling for him, uh, with him, hey, for uh, me. Uh, it's just he, he uh, feels like point. more of a paper champion to me. What? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna text you our guest number. I don't know if you have a way to dial this number uh, on the board, but I'm gonna send it to you because he he can't send it he can't on uh, Facebook Messenger because that's what's up on the computer. 
Okay. And um, and I I I cannot guarantee you that I will have the ability to dial overseas. Um, Don't lie to us. I will. Don't lie to us. I will. I will give it a shot. I will give it a shot. Um, and uh, I I don't think we've ever called anyone outside of anyone outside of the United States other than Canada, right? Right. Well, you usually they call us. I mean, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Uh, give it a shot. It was great, but um, let's see. Sorry, Calling. but your call cannot be completed. Yeah, shut up. Uh, All right, hang on a second. Hang on a second. Let me try one more thing here. Um, bada bing, bada bing. The number you have dialed has not been recognized. Please try yeah, again. Shut up. The number you have dialed has not been recognized. Well, yeah, please so try it, again. It's not gonna, it's not gonna come through uh, in that in that regard. So, but anyway, what's up? Well, you know, yeah, I mean, I don't know how you guys call overseas. I don't know how that works. Well, do you know I got where he's calling from? No, because um, you said uh, Europe. I, I mean, I mean, yeah, even well, if you look at the first. Um, if you look at the first nation you hit in Europe, which is is uh, England and London, uh, at least coming from the United States anyway, it's I mean it's three fifteen in the morning over there. He he might have yeah he uh, knows and then the, the, I know, but I'm saying the further the further east you go, the later it gets. So hey, I, I mean, I mean shit, in China it's all in in China and Japan it's already tomorrow. You know it's already afternoon over there. So I'm thinking he'd perhaps maybe pull on me and fell asleep. I mean, at almost four no, in the morning, you can't really. He's, he's texting, texting you. Well, then tell him to call the number then if he's texting you. He tried. It, it, it won't. He said it won't. He can't get through. Can he call you? Probably because he's got an inter- international number. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of got to change your phone plan, man. You got to get that. I get, <clears throat> I didn't say I you gotta, gotta call internationally. You you gotta you, know, you gotta I, call up Sprint and be like, "Hey, I'm a very important person. I need I need a different phone plan." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I, can yeah. you can you try perhaps, and I'll try to All vamp right. for a little bit and All yeah. Right, All right. So, hey, Swing, can I tell you something crazy? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm at I'm at a stoplight today, guys. I went to the post office. I ordered some AMA elbow pads from HighSpot.com. Go to HighSpots right now to get yours. Got some new elbow pads. They were a size large. They don't fit. I had to get an extra large. I'm at the stoplight, okay, right? We've got to go to this. we got to go to this right away because it's costing Let's me. Let's do it. All right. Uh, I, uh, we will finish that story after, though. We do want to know what happened. Don't worry. All let's right. do it. Continue. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room, or in this case, stepping off of my phone, ladies and uh-huh. gentlemen, it's going to get cold out here. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Diego Frost. Hey, this is Diego Frost. You're listening to Attitude Ever Live with the host, the icon, the big swing, and Granny Huckster. How are you guys? Well, we're doing pretty good, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time to join us. Uh, uh, we got uh, Thank you. We lost, we lost about uh, 25 minutes with you, so uh, we're going to go through this uh, and... Uh, and interview you here. Uh, if you can yeah. tell us real quick, if you could give us a little background about yourself, then we'll ask you a few questions. Yes. Go ahead. 
<clears throat> yes. Go ahead. Yeah, go on. Tell, tell us a little bit. <clears throat> Icon, did you lose him? No, he's here. Uh, uh, Diego, give us a little background about yourself, then we'll interview you. Uh, can you can you speak just a little bit more slowly? <laughs> just, oh, sorry. Just, you know, as, as I'm going to you, it's a uh, it's a little hard for me. <clears throat> okay. Well, we asked if you could uh, give us a little background about yourself, and then we will interview yeah? you. Yeah. Tell us yeah. a little about yourself. Uh, well, I uh, started to train in 2014. It was uh, during uh, what we call a summer camp, you know. It was uh, in the time month where we were wrestling. We were wrestling uh, each and every day from uh, 8 in the morning to 9 in the evening. So it was really intense. And uh, at this time, it was called that uh, the best trainee of the summer camp would have the, the opportunity to, to make his official debut, you know, at the end, at the very end of the summer camp, because there was a little show, and uh, I, uh, I've been uh, I've been chosen to, to to make my official debut just one month of training after after my beginning. <laughs> so it was an amazing opportunity, so, uh, especially when you know that uh, many wrestlers just train years and years after uh, just before. Uh, just before making their their debut, so it was an amazing opportunity for me. So I did a show, uh, a one-on-one show uh, against a guy called Tony Maffet. It was the opening match of the show, and uh, I I, uh, I lost the match. <laughs> I lost the match because my my uh, my opponent uh, just cheated, helping himself with the rope to make the pin, and. Uh, but at the end of the match, you know, the crowd just makes a ovation for me, knowing it was my first match, and uh, they, they enjoyed the match, and uh, that was a, a really, really good souvenir for me. Diego Frost, our guest here. we got uh, 23 minutes here with uh, Diego. Uh, so, with your current wrestling, you know, with all the stuff going on, I don't know how uh, deep it is over there, but... Uh, what is uh yeah how has the coronavirus affected you guys over there? What? Has the coronavirus affected you guys over there? Oh yeah, yeah. Um yeah, uh, all the shows were cancelled. So for now it's uh, it's still the case. Um we don't know we don't know yet uh, when uh, when all of this is gonna is gonna get back so for now, I'm just training and uh, getting the better shape uh, I have, and um, mm-hmm. training to get better and uh, just uh, be ready for for the coming back of the show. Well, you know, and uh, we hope you know uh, for everybody's sake that uh, this all gets over quickly. Uh, but you know, it doesn't seem like it's moving in that direction, the quick direction anyway. But yeah, right, it is. Uh, so yeah, yeah. we're going to do. Uh, we're going to. We got uh, 22 minutes here with Diego Frost here, uh, and yeah. uh, because this is international, we'll kind of uh, go around the room here. We'll let everybody have the opportunity to ask you one question, and then uh, we'll mm-hmm. we'll come back to me. So, uh, Grant, what do you have for our guest? Go ahead. 
Well, hello. I am Granny Holkster. I'm I'm not a wrestler. I'm just a huge fan of the sport. What has been yeah. one of your most challenging matches you've ever had in your career? <laughs> uh, well, it wasn't it wasn't a match. It was uh, just um, uh, an opportunity to step in the ring with uh, a guy called Tommy and you know, as uh, known as known today as uh, Alistair Black to the WWE. Mm-hmm. It was uh, it was during a, a big event in France, you know, called the Revolution, and uh, he was doing the the main event against uh, Tristan Archer, also known uh, to the WWE as Clement Mathieu, and uh, mm-hmm. a guy called Peter Fisher interfered in the match to make this match turn into a two-on-one handicap match. So I decided to interfere in the match too. And I had the privilege to step in the ring a few, for a few moments against uh, against this guy, Has the Black. And it was an amazing, an amazing opportunity because at this time I, I knew that he was uh, one of the best wrestlers in the world. So I I learned a lot with him in the ring. And uh, and it was uh, really, really enjoying to do, to do this. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. <laughs> And uh, we have uh, Diego Frost here as our guest here. Uh, and uh, we do appreciate you uh, uh, taking time out of your schedule. It's like it's like 2 in the morning or something over there, and uh, I appreciate it. Uh, let's uh, go over to Big Swing. We got uh, Diego Frost. We got about uh, 20 minutes. What do you got there at Big Swing? Go ahead. Well, you kind of stole my thunder there with the coronavirus question. I was going to ask how that was affecting European wrestling, but um, – I guess, Diego, um, you said you're in, in France, right? Yes, yes. Um, That's right. How is, how is the wrestling scene over there as opposed to over here? So, for example, when, when, you, are, when you are allowed... What is that? I don't know why that phone is ringing. Um, when you are allowed to have fans, like on, a, let's say, a normal wrestling night... Um, what's the atmosphere yep. like? Where do you, where do you guys usually um, participate? Is it in gyms? Do you have big arenas? I mean, how, how do you like like what is it normally like for you on a nightly basis? Um, most of the time, uh, we don't have big arenas. You know, it's not uh, well in France. Wrestling is just um, you know, it's not recognized as an official uh, sport, you know. So many, most of the time we have a uh, hundred people um, in, a, in a room. So it's, uh, it's, it's most of the time what we have around the ring. So um, it's, there's a good, a good mood, a good, uh, a good ambience around it. So, so yes, it's a, uh, it's what we have. We usually have on, on the shows. You know, the shows are. We have some big events uh, twice a year, and uh, on big events it could be more shows like uh, 800 people. So it's oh, wow. uh, bigger rooms, bigger bigger places, but it's never never more. Do you or, wrestle or in, it's more, in Paris it's, uh, and it's in really Paris? Rare. Do you wrestle in Paris, in, in Paris, or are you 
in in a different city? Uh, not yet. Yeah. Not yet. Not Paris, but uh, I registered in southern France to Marseille, and uh, nice. in northern France, uh, I opened with with uh, in northern France. Nice. Well, we're glad to have you on uh, over here in in the states, and uh, you know, obviously, uh, want the best for you as well. Uh, you know, in your in your further career. So excited to have you. Uh, Ariel Frost is our guest here. Uh, we have um, well, we got uh, well, how much time we got with you? We got about uh, 17 minutes here left with you. I'm going to ask you a few uh, hard hitting questions here. Uh, we usually do mm-hmm. that. You know, over in uh, France, you know, compared to uh, here in the States, uh, you know, uh, they take wrestling uh, real serious over there, don't they? Uh, I, I didn't I didn't understand. <clears throat> well, um, over in France there, uh, compared, yeah. to, compared to the United States here, they take re- their wrestling mm-hmm. pretty seriously there, don't they? Uh, how... How is wrestling? Uh, has, how is wrestling? Well, yeah, they it's uh, they uh, the fans really flock to events and they really take it seriously and they 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 follow and uh, you know unlike uh, what it is here in the states. Yes, uh, the we have we have some fans, some uh, some great fans, you know, who, who follow us uh, on many shows. And, but uh, but uh, yeah, most of the time it's uh, it's a public. It's not uh, ever ever the same public, you know. We have so it's always changing, and uh, we don't have uh, we have a few like well, what maybe ten or or, or fifteen persons uh, that we see uh, what we often see on the shows, but. Um, if we if we if we take it uh, globally, in the the crowd is always changing. So we don't have a really big fans like you you can have uh, in the United States. You know, so for us Fr- French people, French wrestlers, we have to 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 get an the the main objective of a French wrestler is to get an, an international career. Because this is how we get the the best visibility, you know. So, to me, as far as I'm concerned, I uh, trained. I recently trained uh, to the Postman School of Wrestling in United Kingdom, and uh, this is a school of wrestling uh, linked with the Revolution Pro Wrestling. So it's one of the biggest federation in Europe, and uh, this is my next objective. You know, is it uh, make my debut there? Is my is my next objective in uh, in uh, my uh, my career. So now, do, you, do you have uh, it would do you have, plans, do you have plans on yeah? wanting to come to the states? Uh, um, I don't have uh, links in the uh, United States. I don't have contacts for now, but uh, but I'm I'm already looking at what we what what. Going on, uh, what's going on on uh, the other states? So I know that uh, one day or another, I will, uh, I will wrestle in the United States. I don't know where, but uh, <laughs> I hope to get an opportunity to win back the there. 
well, well, you know, you mentioned uh, you don't have the context, but uh, you got me. You know, you got Big Swing, you got Granny. We can, uh, we have different wrestling venues in our area. We can uh, probably get you hooked up. You know. Hmm. I know. Uh, I know Granny Hulkster. She uh, does the wrestling with the cause. I'm sure that they'd love to have you, right, Granny? Yeah. I mean, you know, they kind of changed their way they're doing their shows and. I don't know when they're going to start back up, actually. Um, they haven't notified, uh, they haven't posted any dates as of yet. But there's a couple other shows, too, that I help with besides Wrestling for a Cause. So Wrestling for a Cause is an organization that does independent wrestling shows for children that deals with childhood cancer. And... uh yeah, uh, Diego, you'd probably, you'd probably be great there. I mean, you can you know you can give like some great speeches, and uh, your your accent would be perfect for that, I would think. <laughs> uh, so we have uh, we have uh, Diego Frost here, as I guess here we got uh, about uh, well twelve minutes or so, give or take. Uh, well, actually, no, we don't. Uh, we have a uh, little a little more than that, actually. Uh, so now. When you decided to get into wrestling um, and you told your family that uh, you wanted to become a wrestler, uh, what what was their thought on that? Were they like, oh, you mean that thing that Hulk Hogan does or uh, that you're going to get hurt? Or, uh, or are they like, wow, we can get our son in the WWE and he can be our retirement plan? How did that go about, that conversation? <laughs> Well, uh, the the reaction of my father was uh, was good because he, he was a, a wrestling fan. Did we lose him? We may have. I was just waiting to. I think we lost. Uh, I think we lost Icon too. Oh, we well, did lose. I, I tell you, Auto oh, Clutch is here. Yeah, that damn Sprint Network, man. He's got to get a new phone up there in the boondocks, man. Oh man. He's gotta. He's gotta get a new. Because this this tends to happen quite a bit. And when you get a guy who has a a language barrier like that, he might not understand exactly what's happening. So, um, yeah. I if this is gonna be a trend with Icon, he's I, I will maybe for his birthday or or for his wedding celebration, one of the two. Should buy him a new cell phone, or at least a new cell phone carrier. Something. I mean, that, that anyway, would be well, a start. Well, we've got a little bit of time, because <clears throat> um, God knows when he's going to call back. Uh, what was that story you were saying, uh, Otto? You were at the red light after you bought your elbow pads? So, bro, I, ret- I was trying to return my elbow pads, get the extra large. I'm at a red light. I wait. I always wait. The light turns green. I always wait a few seconds. So I start going, and before you know it, this woman comes barreling through the stoplight or the red light of hers going 60 miles per hour, and boom, hits the clutch today, bro. Total the oh car. My. Oh, wow. my. Oh, my. You bet you. And my niece was in the back seat. It was crazy. And it was like a miracle that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm okay. I'm able to walk. I mean, this was a serious accident. The car is actually getting dropped off for right now on the Clutch's uh, family driveway. And I tell you what, the car is totaled. So it was pretty intense. 
Did you uh, did you get out and hit her finisher? Bro, I literally got out of that car and just like Stone Cold Steve Austin, I just started flipping the bird to the person that hit me. I was so hot and then immediately, like it was instant. And one thing with wrestling, because I've been in a couple car accidents since becoming a professional wrestler and just being a wrestler in general. And uh, I tell you what, you just see it in slow motion and it probably happens to everybody, but the instincts, I just go for that certain that certain bump, that certain motion in my body for that front bump, and just bam, the impact hit, and just instinct just got out. Because it smells, when an airbag goes off, it smells like smoke. I never knew that, but, man, it smells like a fire. So you just well, bam, get out it, of the it's car. It's used instantly. with the same stuff. Well, it's made, how they compress it and how they pack it is made with a lot of the same stuff that they use for, for guns, gunpowder. So that oh, impact man. is is kind of like a gun going off. Yeah. So it feels like a gun going off in my arm. I had to get a couple stitches in the arm, but this is actually breaking news. No one, not even on my Facebook, have I put this out there because I'm not one of those guys. If I'm going to put something, I want to be very positive. So you won't even get this on my Facebook. You will only get it right here on the Attitude Era Live. So if you're listening, you're one of the first to know about it. And we're glad your niece is okay. Also. That um, was the scary uh, part, you know, 11-year-old niece in the back seat, and I just immediately wanted to make sure she was okay. Was this – was it an incident where the lady just wasn't paying attention, or was it she ran a red light, impaired, just old? Well, what was it? Latino girl, and guess what? I mean, of course, my insurance that I have is only good if the driver is uninsured. And guess what? The driver was unlicensed and uninsured. There was two sets of uh, ambulances and fire trucks that came, one for her, one for me. They both leave after about five, ten minutes. I say, I'm a professional wrestler. Don't worry. I'm okay. It's fine. Don't worry. And then, of course, she said she was okay. Well, about 20 minutes later, you hear sirens going off in the distance. And I'm thinking, oh, they're getting really close. And all of a sudden, they take her away, and she's laying on the ground. Well, she had no license. They wanted to take her to jail. But she said, oh, I'm hurt. i got to go to the doctors. So she's a worker herself. Yeah, yeah, I mean, because the ambulance was just there. But that doesn't they necessarily matter. They came back to take because, her away. But, but if you're going to if you're going to get arrested or go to jail for any particular situation, but you need medical assistance first, you're still going to go to jail. You're just going to get medical oh, assistance first. So, absolutely, yeah. big swing. And, of course, the officer followed the ambulance into the sunset or into the day. You yeah, know, so if anything, it's just delaying the process. So, I mean, she knew what she was doing, but, I mean, she would have been better off, uh, you know, she, she would have been better off uh, using a different excuse. But, um, hey, so we have, uh, we have uh, Sprint Mobile's poster boy here. Icon is back with us. Um, I, Icon, uh, you, you cut off there, but um, I don't know what happened. Well, uh, well, what happened is uh, he, uh, uh, where he was at, uh, we lost the signal, and I tried to get him back, and uh, then I realized that I bumped uh, us off. So, uh, but uh, you know what? Let, let the uh, man go to sleep. It's almost five in the morning out there, so. No, it's three in the morning there. No, where is he in France? I guess. No, if I type in current Fran- current time in France, but it's four thirty nine a.m. 
in France right now. Yeah, that's where he's from, but that's not where he is in Europe right now. Oh, oh well, where is he? Did, did he tell you? Well, anyways, regardless. Um, but it, uh, it, it, was, guess, it was a cool interview, though. We've never talked to a, to a European um, from Europe uh, on here before, uh, unless they were English. Um, we never really talked to somebody that had a thick accent. So that was kind of cool to see the dynamics of how the wrestling business is in, in those countries. We don't, like I said, we don't often talk about those countries. Um, Icon, we missed, or you missed, the, the story from Arnold Von Clutch uh, regarding what happened to him this afternoon. Not going to have him repeat it just because it's, it's not good to repeat things on the radio, but you can, I'm sure you'll listen back to the show and you'll, you'll hear it at some point um, after, after you uh, cut off. Go to about the, go to about the 40 minute mark or so and you'll, you'll hear it. But um, so second uh, guess, I, we I, had I, I, hmm? I, I, I doubt it's hardly worth my time, but anyway, uh, we're going to have, uh, I'll get, let you know what the area code is for our next guest here. Uh, wow. the, uh, 90, 907. 907. Where's 907? 907. Um, area code 907. Oh, Alaska. Wow. All right. So, so we got all over oh, the place here today. Uh, I, I got to let you guys know, uh, uh, what we got, what the icons got cooking on up on the rising. Are you guys familiar with the blue angels? The blue angels. Is that the, the, the planes that fly over like the army? Yeah. Or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Navy. Navy. Um, anyway, Why are we having, uh, are we having blue angels on or something? Where, where is this going? The commander. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Well, when's that booked for? Uh, well, uh, after they're done with all the flyovers that they're doing, uh, uh, it, if I can nail him down, it wouldn't be like a full 30 minutes, uh, on with us because, you know, they, they are busy. Uh, but, uh, uh, the commander's name is, uh, in, uh, if you guys look this up, the commander's name is <clears throat> Brian Kesselring. Uh, his name is commander Brian Kesselring. And, uh, do you guys happen to know where he is from? I have never heard of him, so no, I would not. He is from Fargo, North Dakota. Oh, wonderful! The the good people, the good people of Fargo, yeah. North Dakota, up there. Um, yeah. Icon, we do we do have um, the Alaska area code digging through here on on my computer. So uh, if you'd like, I can I can put them on and you can go through your spiel. Sure, bring them on. Alrighty, they are on. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, about to. Up into the ring right now. She is from Alaska, and her last name proves most of the weather from that time. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you, without further ado, Julie Winters. Hey, this is Julie Winters. You're listening to the Attitude Era live with the host, the icon, the Big Swing, and Granny Hulkster. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. Things out in the How's things out in the last year besides chilly? It's actually, uh, it was pretty nice last week, and we're <laughs> headed into summer here. It's starting to warm up you... quite a bit. We actually hit 70 yesterday, which is unusual. Oh, wow. So, yeah. I thought so, you guys um, got snow all year round. 
Um, now, are you are you guys are you starting to get? I I don't know where in Alaska you are, but are you at one of those things where in the summertime you're light pretty much twenty four hours a day? Yeah, pretty much. Um, we're headed towards the solstice, and the summer solstice is June twenty first, and uh, it gets kind of darkish for a couple hours, and then the sun starts to rise again. So that's our longest so pretty- day of the year. So, so, so like, your nighttime during that is, like, twilight, basically. Yeah. Yeah, huh. pretty much. It doesn't ever <clears> get <throat> real dark. And, and um, the sun kind of starts to set at around 10 or 11 p.m. right now. Wow. You know, that, that's, that's a long, that's a long time. <laughs> it, 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 it's pitch black by 8.30 here in New York, so that, that's crazy. Oh, well, man. You no. Know, Julie, I think uh, I think Johnny Horton said it best uh, with the line: "The northern lights, the northern lights are running wild in the land of the midnight sun." Yeah, definitely, definitely for sure. <laughs> so uh, now that we've had uh, our, uh, we we did have we did cover science and geography last week with uh, Beekman from Beekman's World. So uh, we we want to we want to get back on the wrestling stuff. So, uh, Julie, here's what, uh, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have you give us a little background about yourself, and then I'll ask you a couple questions, and we'll go around the room, and then we'll come back to me, and I'll ask you the hard-hitting questions. Oh, okay. I'm ready. So give us a little background about yourself. So um born and raised from Alaska, lived in Anchorage, Alaska, started wrestling like five or six years ago, um, and I've had a few trials in my path to wrestling. I had my arm or my leg broken. I had both legs broken on separate incidents, but one was during training, so that put me back. Um, Yeah, and uh, let's see. I grew up in an athletic background. I played soccer all my life, and, uh, you know, I I just had – I don't – I'm not coming from a wrestling background or anything, but I, I love athleticism and, um, you know, showmanship and all that kind of thing. Uh, I don't know what else you'd like to know about me. I mean, I, I'm, I'm game to answer questions and everything, but. Well, uh, uh, now, don't don't take this the, the wrong way, but I'm sure you hate the term when, when you go out to race, someone says, uh, uh, when they say, Hey, breaking leg, you don't like that term, I'm guessing. Uh, no, it's fine. <laughs> I I mean, I already broke one already, both of them, so, you know. I was uh, I was kind of hoping that uh, a big swing was going to hit the sound effect on that one. But anyway, we'll move on. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to ask you a few questions, and we'll uh, go on. And then, now, uh, you, we'll you, you said worse. I'm, I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for a cornea one to test. I don't want to wear the button out. Well, I, I'm, I'm sure it's coming. So, uh, uh, Julie, uh, in your in your time in the business, you know you you you've been you've been about for five or six years. Uh, when you decided to get into wrestling, uh, did you uh, find out a school, or did you uh, uh, did you just like know a promoter? Uh, How did you start into it? Um. 
so what had happened was I used to be in a band, and I was in that band for like seven years or so, and we, you know, played everywhere in the state, and uh, I'd become accustomed to doing that kind of thing. And actually, the lead singer of the band, he was really into wrestling. Like, he would never miss Monday Night Raw or SmackDown, and he would always watch, and everything would take a back seat when, you know, he needed to watch wrestling. So, but um, anyway, so that ended because he moved to the lower 48, and then I just had this gap in my life. And I was missing something. And I went to a wrestling show locally here, and I saw them wrestling. And I'm like, man, I could do that. And so, you know, I I do love wrestling. I do love wrestling. I I watch some wrestling, but I'm just not as well-versed as most of the people who who wrestle, you know, to be fair. But um, I saw it, and I started bugging the guys that were doing it and I'm like, Hey, how how do I get involved with this? How do I do this? How do I need to train? And I just kept bugging them until they let me train with them. And ever since then, that's how I got into it. So I just missed the showmanship, you know, being in a band and performing and it fulfilled that need for me. Well, well, you know, it's funny. That's how I got involved with this show. Uh, So now when you wrestle, uh, would you consider yourself to be a uh, a baby face, a heel, an in between, or are you more of what the crowd thinks you're going to be? Oh, I'm definitely a baby face. The crowd has right. determined well, that. <laughs> well, with that being said, uh, I was kind of hoping it would be the other way around. But uh, Granny, she's not a heel. She's a great wrestler. She's a baby face. What do you have for our guest, Julie Winters? We have 26 minutes. Well, hello, this is Granny Hulkster, and I'm not a wrestler, I'm just a big fan, and I'm glad to hear that you're a baby face, because I don't like the heels, and I can talk some pretty good smack to them when I have to, and I have in in my many years as as going to uh, many wrestling shows in my day. Oh, yeah, that's Uh, essential. Well, and it's the fans that what helps make the show, too. A fan can either make you or break you in this wrestling business and and I love doing what I do but my one of my questions to you is what have what was one of your most challenging matches you've ever had in your career uh, gosh I'd have to think about besides that for a little while I mean I had a yeah, six-man besides- tag team match and that was pretty challenging, and um, I got stuck in there in the ring by myself, and it just felt like I was alone. I'd reach out to my partners, and, like, nobody was home, and I just got proceeded to, like, get thrashed for, you know, at least a couple minutes by myself, and that was a little rough, but... Um, Is that when you broke your leg? I did have... No, that was in training. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I did have a show where I had just come back, and I believe it was off of my broken leg. And I had some training a little bit before this show, and I had just come back. And it was against an outside talent, and, you know, the rust was still there, and it was really rough. It was really rough getting back in that ring, and it was just there was 
so many things that went wrong and that I'd like to, to correct, but that I feel like that was like my most challenging match was having to get back in there with somebody I was unfamiliar with and, and, and try to do the best I could, but, but it just, it didn't, it was not a good night and it did not go well for me. And ever since then, I've been trying to make sure that I do better. You know, it's something you need to grow from. Wow. That's awesome. We have, uh, we have Julie Winters as a guest here. We got about uh, 23 here. Ms. <laughs> uh, I'm going to bring uh, our, our, our next big guy out. Uh, he's got big in the name. We call him big swing because he's a great golfer, a scratch golfer, and he's a heck of a hockey player. That's how he got the name. But uh, big swing, what do you got for our guest, Julie Winters? I've actually played, I, I've never played either competitively, to be honest with you. Um, but uh, and it's always interesting when we get, you know, uh, wrestlers independently from, uh, I'm going to say, to try to say it gently, obscure areas of the country. Uh, usually we talk to, you know, from the lower 48. Yeah, well, yeah, from the lower 48. So I'm wondering, what's the wrestling scene like up there? Is Is wrestling as popular in Alaska uh, as it would be perhaps down here? And where, 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 uh, what kind of places do you usually wrestle in? Are they small little gymnasiums? Do you have bigger arenas? Like, you know, where do you kind of go for those? Well, there's kind of two different animals up here. There's the indie scene, and then there's the scene, uh, there's another company that brings up regularly, you know, the bigger name guys to come up and, and – so that company, they have arenas that they generally play to. Uh, we have one place called the Sullivan Arena here, and it's basically our biggest venue. And so they hold shows there, and they also go into different towns with the same people and, and do shows. And those draw pretty well. Uh, I'm not sure the last time. I I don't want to misquote or anything here, but it was like, probably around 500, 2,000 people. I mean, like, it's it's gaining momentum because we don't regularly have wrestling shows, so we're, we're kind of having to build up on it. And that company hasn't been around uh, for a, a super long time, maybe like a couple years or so. So we're still building up with that one. And then we have um, a couple other smaller indie promotions that, like I said, are a different animal. Those, we play at, at smaller venues to smaller crowds, usually about 50 to 100, sometimes outside, and it just depends on what kind of event is going on. And it's really just um, a core of, of guys here that that run the shows and are in the shows and so it's pretty tight-knit. In our locker room, you know, there's not any, like, really horrible bad blood or anything. We pretty much all get along. And um, also, uh, as far as that's concerned, uh, we have a training school that just got started here. And it's pretty exciting. It's actually the school I came through, but it wasn't so branded yet, you know what I mean? It didn't have an exclusive space, and 
you know, a brand or anything like that. But it's the same school that I came up in, but it's, you know, we're more established now, and there's a lot more uh, trainees and wrestlers coming up through that school, and I'm pretty impressed, too, because, I mean, before it was just the same 10 guys, you know what I mean, and we're actually Mm -hmm. growing, and so... I have a big hope for the future that we can make something out of this. I mean, our indie promotions, we travel from different cities too, but like, it's never, like I said, it's usually around 50 to a hundred people. In terms of popularity, a lot of people watching WWE and things like that, or do you guys kind of have to carry the load for a lot of that? Um, the fans that come watch it, but uh, as far as the general populace, like, we have big WWE shows that come through town, like, once every two years or so, and that fills the arena. So, I mean, there are enough people around that know about wrestling, at least at a, a basic level, that watch it, you know, to to fill up an arena when the, the big show comes through town, you know what I mean? Uh, Julie, Julie Winters, our guest here. We got about uh, uh, eighteen minutes here left. Julie, you know, you mentioned that sometimes you wrestle indoors and outdoors. Uh, what do you prefer better, and uh, what is the the similarities and differences? Can you compare the two? Well, I mean, every show is a different animal. It just depends. Like some are wildly different. Um, the two outside shows I'm, I'm thinking of is we had a couple uh, AM bets, and that was fun. And, uh, you know, they they didn't – it wasn't really rough and rowdy crowd or anything. There wasn't really, like, much booze going on, and there was a bunch of kids there. It was, like, a nice show, and it was fun to wrestle, and – Wrestling outside is always fun. You know, you drop to the floor and there's a bunch of dust and dirt and stuff, and that's always fun. And um, let's see, where else did we wrestle outside? I was just thinking of a different place. Oh, um, in another town about 45 miles up from Anchorage, there was a show outside of a bar. And, you know, uh in the back area of the bar. And that's always fun because, you know, you got the people who are a little more vivacious. Oh, and one of my favorite shows actually was outside and that was up in Healy, Alaska, which is probably like at least 200 miles north of where I'm at. And so it's a small town and basically, it's like the fishing crowd or, or the tourists that are coming through, seeing Denali, you know, our biggest mountain. And um, so basically, they had nothing better to do. It was a tiny town than to come to the bar and watch the show. And that was just all kinds of fun. And they were a great audience. So, I mean, and, I love that so much. But um, and, that's and not to say that is. the indoor shows aren't great as well, you know. And, you know, the cool thing is, uh, you know, being in Alaska where you're at, uh, you don't have to worry about uh, uh, not having enough daylight because it's like daylight 24-7 there, which is kind of cool. 
No, I'm going to ask you one more question, then we'll we'll um, uh, we might have uh, a chime in here. I I don't know. We'll see. We will. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, great. Uh, just what I wanted to hear. Anyway, uh, the the thing is, uh, being an independent wrestler, you know, I ask every independent wrestler this question. I'm going to put it to you because no one ever answers the same way. Now, you know, with the WWE and the AEW, they're known as the big dance, obviously. Now, my question to you is a two-part question. If uh, you were uh, uh, at an event that you're wrestling at and a WWE official or uh, someone involved in one of the companies, AEW, sees you and they, they say, uh, you know, uh, they call you up and they want to give you a trial for the WWE. Two-part question. One, is that something you want to do? And two... If you do get there, would you uh, not big time us and still be our friend and still talk to us? Uh, Not a specific goal that I'm, like, dead set aspiring to right now. But if I happen to get looked at and considered to be picked up, like, who wouldn't take that opportunity? You know what I mean? I can't say that I'm, like, super ready because of the coronavirus. You know, nobody's nobody's been able to do much of anything, let alone wrestle or have any shows. So, I mean, like, it's not like I've been an intense regimen of training, which I would love to do before anything like that happened. But I, I feel like I'd be a fool to turn that down. Not that I would say that, that I'd be confident that, you know, I get it being of my age and, you know, background and everything but you know i'd be a fool not to at least try for it you know what i mean and of and you, course go ahead of course like i'm not gonna it would be hard to predict how people react in certain situations but i'd say that i, I i'm pretty humble and i don't think that i would ever uh, forget where I came from or not talk to somebody because of some kind of status that was imposed on me. I don't, I don't believe that that's something that I would do. So obviously, yeah, I'd still talk to you guys. Well, you know, and, uh, you know, that's why, you know, I'd, uh, you know, I, I'd sent you the, uh, that information about, uh, uh, sending some stuff for some giveaways because, uh, when you do get there, uh, and who, uh, when we have our big giveaway show, uh, whoever and they, and they turn on they turn on AEW and they see it like, hey, I heard them on Attitude Era Live, and uh, you know the big swing uh, got us uh, uh, the big swing and icon got us uh, exposed to her, and uh, wow, you know, there you mm-hmm. go. So, uh, uh, big swing, you uh, you got something that you wanted to mention? Go ahead. Well. It's not necessarily from me. Uh, we have, uh, as as a, a pop-in uh, co-host um, every once in a while, he's been on actually pretty consistently the past couple months, but um, we actually have a independent wrestler on with us who, who lives in Los Angeles, um, and, and he's, you know, been around the block in the wrestling game and things, and I know he always wants to talk to other fellow independent wrestlers as well and sort of get their take on the business being inside of it. So, uh, Otto, uh, Otto, do you, do you have, um, anything for our guests? You know, honestly, it's really awesome that we, uh, we have a guest that she was able to drop in on us like this. And, uh, you know, she's from Alaska. I mean, I'm always really interested, 
uh, to hear about, you know, wrestling in Alaska because that's I think that's on everyone's bucket list. And I mean, you you live in Alaska, so it's already kind of off the bucket list. I mean, how has yeah. this whole pandemic like really affected you? I mean, are you guys still running shows right now, or? Oh no, not at all, not at all. Uh, the training facility got shut down. The shows have been pushed out and and canceled and. There's there's no wrestling whatsoever going on right now just because of statutes um, by imposed by the city and <clears throat> they're working on loosening those up right now so uh, we might be able to get back into training soon and probably be back into running shows at a limited capacity but I mean obviously everything's got to change and everything's got to look different after this you know we, we've got to make different considerations so that we can take the safety and the welfare of not only the wrestlers, but the fans and the consideration if w- moving forward through, you know, the tough times that we're going through right now, but so we is, haven't approached that yet. It's going to, you know, it's going to come along and, you know, I, I imagine everyone's going to get back on their feet. What are your, what are your goals? I mean, what were your goals going into 2020 and now that 2020 is kind of happening and you see everything, what are your goals for, like, you know, the future, 2021, 2022? Uh, where do you see yourself uh, in the next year or two? Um, so this year just, you know, it, it's been a lot of hard years for me. And, and this year is just kind of like more icing on the cake of hard years just keep coming along. And so – this year has taught me that, you know, you can have goals, you can set goals and, and be determined, but you've got to just be prepared to stop every once in a while and just reassess everything and where you're at and and then move forward with, with a new scope with the changes that are happening to you. I mean, you always have to adapt and overcome. And so, I, I didn't really have any kind of specific goals going into 2020, but I always strive to be better. And I, and I love that word adapt. I feel like that word adapt is so so relevant in what uh, we do. So, I mean, my last question, I guess, would be, um, you know, with all this happening and yada, 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 I mean, really, what do you want to do? Do you want to go to WWE? I mean, of course you want to go to WWE, but like, is there like – is there some sort of future, like you want to go to WOW, or is there something that you want to do, like in particular, that you just got to do, that you just feel in your heart, like I got to do this, it's going to happen, I got to manifest well, it? Um, so, small steps at a time here, I would love to wrestle in outlying areas, not outlying, but like different areas in the United States, like I'd love to wrestle in Washington, I'd love to wrestle in California. And, um, you know, just small steps like that to work me up to maybe, maybe someday being able to wrestle in Japan. I love Japan. I love it so much. But, like, that is, like, that that seems pretty far off. You know, don't right don't now. let it seem so far off because I feel like if you just keep grinding as you're doing and just keep pushing – uh, you know, you never know. They're always watching, you know, if it's Japan or AEW, WWE, et cetera, et cetera. Just don't give up, and it's really nice to talk to you tonight. And uh, I'm going to throw it back over to the swing and Icon and Granny, and uh, 
Thank you for coming well, on. Thank you so much. To, to kind of bounce off of to kind of bounce off of uh, Otto's last point there, uh, we had a wrestler uh, talk to us about oh, a year and a half or so ago. She was only like 17, 18 years old, like real real young, just getting into the business. Had been doing it, you know, training since you've been 14, but really competitively only had been doing it for a little bit. She was real young. Like I said, still a teenager. We were her first ever media interview. Not like backstage locker room, but like first ever like show media interview, whatever it was. She was real nervous. It was real, you know, wasn't used to all this. But um, he, he kind of, she kind of said, oh, you know, I have dreams and passions to go different places, but I don't think I'll get there. It was the same kind of, same kind of thing. And Last Wednesday night, she just debuted on AEW Dynamite. So, you know, you just you just never know really uh, what hard work's going to get you in this business. So, yeah, you never and, know. You just got to keep grinding away. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julie Winters, our guest here. We got about uh, seven minutes here uh, left with Julie, and uh, you know, we know that one of the highlights of your career to this point is, uh, of course, being an INS here live with all of us. We we know that's a highlight so far. Uh, of course. You know, well, why, why wouldn't it be know, like uh, Well, it's like being on the show, it, it, it turns the winners warm. We heard that. That's why I'm on the show all the time, because uh, we don't like the winners. But anyway, uh, now, uh, so uh, we can uh, get to this, because um, uh, I promised we would do this. Uh, if our fans wanted to, uh, you know, check you out and see what you're doing, uh, you got a Facebook, you got an Instagram, you got a YouTube, you got a Twitter, you got a Twitch. Uh, what do you got? I got a Facebook, Julie Winters, just, you know, J-U-L-I-E, Winters, W-I-N-T-E-R-S. Um, I do have a, I don't have a YouTube channel, but you can look me up on YouTube, Julie Winters versus J.T. West is the easiest way to do it. And then you'll see a bunch of my matches up there. I've got a a ton of matches up on YouTube. And uh, basically, Facebook is is the the main place that I'm at right now. I'm I'm working on other media platforms. I've got a Twitter, but I'm never on there. So I'm really bad about that. So i got to kick it up into high gear as far as uh, other platforms go. So uh, I'm sure you'll be seeing more of me in the future, though. Well, you know, I, I got to ask, you know, uh, um, uh, I don't know if you remember this or not, but uh, uh, when we booked you on the show, uh, you know, I made you one of those cool collector's cards. And, uh, you know, I, I was always curious what you thought about that. And I have another question about one of your profile pictures. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, I, I enjoyed that card. I, I thought it was really thoughtful and great. I I really liked it a lot. Uh, well, on the uh, on your Facebook page, uh, uh, your uh, your little box picture, uh, you got I don't know this gal in a stranglehold, and you're like doing like a bridge or something. Can you tell us mm-hmm. who are you talking and what is going on? What is that move that you're doing there? Because it looks very devastating, very hurtful. Oh yeah, it's a submission move. It's one of my signature submission moves and it's um and i think it's called an indian deathlock in in some places and it's a bridge where you you wrench on the your opponent's head and neck and and until they tap out and that's uh being done to miss freya the slayer there uh we've come across each other in the squared circle there a few times so um 
yeah, I, I was using that move on her to try to get her to submit, and I, I think uh, I wasn't victorious during that battle, but I, I will continue to try to be victorious and and, and the next time we meet, so... Well, uh, you know, being uh, being from Alaska and your last name Winters, you ever think of calling that fishing maneuver the blizzard warning? That's a pretty good one. Yep, I, I'm open to suggestions on names for that. Well, I'll tell you. Uh, well, uh, I'll tell you what. You're, you're free to use that. Uh, uh, send, uh, send us a uh, uh, send us a, a thank you card when uh, you get to the WWE, and they say uh, that was a blizzard warning. I wonder where she came up with that name. You know? <laughs> uh, so we got uh, Julie Winters as our guest here. We got uh, well, we got about three minutes here left. Uh, real quick. Uh, so you know, you mentioned that everything is kind of on hold because of the coronavirus. Uh, uh, do you happen to have all your has your calendar been clear, cleared completely to a certain point, or uh, is there like a, like a everything point is where... unknown right now? Okay. Yeah. So well, everything's when... cleared and cleared out, and every there's like it's a big unknown right now. I don't think there's anything scheduled at this point. Well, are you able to tell us how many matches you've lost so far? Oh my goodness, no! <laughs> uh, I'm not. I haven't kept good track of how many matches I've been in, so the, to know the losses, my win loss ratio, I'm not sure. I, I I couldn't even like hazard a guess at that. <laughs> I I think I've uh, probably lost more than I've won at this point. Um, it's hard to say though. It's hard to say. Well, you know, I'll always fight back or something. If you ever if you ever need a manager or a uh, your per- own personal um, ring announcer, hey, I'm up for hire. I was auditioning when you came on there. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you can make it all the way up here in Alaska, <laughs> he's also a big fan of carrying bags. He does that very well. Oh yeah, yeah. Finding uh, shoes, I'm I'm pretty good at that too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's always a use for that. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, Julie Wynn is our guest here. We appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I was going to say we want to uh, hopefully uh, you, you can hit the hay before the sun uh, sun comes up, but it's already up. But uh, we do appreciate yeah. you taking time out of your schedule. Uh, you're awesome, and uh, if we haven't uh, scared you away too much, hopefully that you, you'd be willing to join us again. Oh, yeah, Totally. I really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for having me Thanks, on the show. Julie. Here. I... Thanks, Julie. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. Julie Winters, ladies and gentlemen, when uh, the wind blows in Alaska, it's probably got a siren because Julie is the one that's uh, they're blowing for, ladies and gentlemen. So, yeah, that's awesome. So uh, we're just waiting for our next guest here. Let me get uh, the. Uh, I have the. No, they're already on five one four. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that was great. Right. It's like back to back to back. You gotta love when it works like that, huh? Yeah. So, so calling, calling all uh, the way from Montreal. Here is our next guest yeah. icon. Do your thing. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping on. Uh, and walking down the aisle. 
He is the star of TWA Sports, ladies and gentlemen. He is our biggest guest to date from the great country of Canada. Ladies and gentlemen, he's going to give it all to us right now. I give you Pat Brady. Hey, guys. How's it going? How are you? Very good, very good. Yourself? Good. Hey, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. We know that uh, you got a lot of TV shows that you're working on, and we want to thank you for uh, uh, gracing us with your presence. We appreciate that. No problem. Thanks for having me. And uh, if uh, here's what we'll do here: we got uh, while well, we got you for uh, well, we got you for about 45 minutes. Uh, if you can handle us for that long. And if we have to go a little over, we'll try not to. But uh, if you can give us a little background about yourself, then we'll uh, we'll kind of do a round robin, then we'll go around the room and ask you some questions. So if you want to give us a little background, then we can chat with you. Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, uh, I've been a wrestling fan since I'm six years old. Uh, my dad brought me to my first wrestling show uh, when I was six. I've been, you know, in love with pro wrestling ever since. I've uh, been working in the on the independent scene here in Montreal since uh, 2001. Uh, had many different roles from uh, ring announcer to manager to uh, all kind of behind the scenes roles, uh, promoter, booker, everything. Uh, and in 2013, uh, I published my first book uh, alongside uh, a good friend of mine, Bertrand Ebert. Uh, we wrote Mad Dogs, Misers, and True Jobs, the uh, untold story of how Montreal shaped the world of wrestling. And that led us to our second book, which was the biography of Mad Dog Michonne. Uh And then uh, Sisterhood of the Squared Circle that I wrote with Dan Murphy from the Pro Wrestling Illustrated, uh, the story of women's wrestling. And back with Bertrand, uh, just uh, released uh, a few weeks ago, the Eight Wonder of the World, the uh, true story of Andre the Giant. Uh, and I've also been part of a few uh, mainstream documentaries, such as uh, the Andre the Giant one on HBO, as well as uh, the Dino Bravo episode of Dark Side of the Ring. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, pretty much involved. I'm, I'm doing also uh, commentary for Raw. Uh, uh, here in uh, in Montreal, in France, we have an hour of Raw every Wednesday night, so I do that as well. So, as you can see, many many hats in the business. Well, you know, and you know, you have quite a uh, uh, a quite of uh, 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 how, how can I say this? I was stammering. Uh, you have uh, quite the impressive resume, and uh, you know, uh, we've had uh, we've had uh, guests with stature, but uh, I guess up in Canada, you're you're pretty you're pretty big up there. So uh, uh, you're a pretty uh, you got the pretty biggest stature of anybody from Canada that we've had. So we appreciate you taking uh, time on your. What I want to do is I'm going to ask you a few questions, and we'll kind of go around the room. And you know, I want to I would like to talk to you about all your projects. Uh, you know, uh, I know that uh, you probably get asked about them all the time, but um, one uh, one thing I'm curious about is. Uh, and uh, if there's anything that we ask that you don't want to uh, mention or talk about, just say, and what's the next question, and we'll move on. Um, the first question I had, you know, the dark side of the ring, the Dino Bravo, 
documentary. Uh, when did they first approach you to be part of that? And, uh, you know, because it debuted uh, two weeks ago, I believe. Uh, how long uh, was the production on that uh, before it was finalized? We actually uh, filmed this in 2018, so about two years ago, because originally it was supposed to be part of the first season. The first season was supposed to be 10 episodes, uh, and then Vice TV uh, changed it to six episodes and wanted to see what the ratings would be before uh, giving uh, the green light for a second season. So the Bravo one uh, fell into uh, a potential second season, and thankfully the ratings were good for the first one. So um, so the production finished up the uh, uh, Bravo episode uh, as soon as they got uh, the okay from Vice to do a second season. So, um, so yeah, but, I mean, most of the interviews uh, were filmed two years ago. Uh, I was, um, you know, I was first contacted, I want to say, early 2018 uh, with the project. You know, at the time, we didn't know that it would become such a high-quality uh, documentary series like it became. You know, it was just a project that, you know, they had the browser body uh, kind of a pilot episode, but that was it, you know. So, um, but, you know, the guys really, Jason and Evan, you know, they, Evan, you, you could see that, you know, they had a passion for, for pro wrestling. And they, even though the subjects of the documentaries were darker, uh, they, 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 they are really pro wrestling fans and they wanted to treat to treat it with respect, you know, and that I appreciate that a lot from them. So I put together a list of uh, people in Montreal who could actually um, uh, be good uh, guests, you know, for the uh, documentary, good uh, people to interview for the documentary, such as Gino Brito and and Tony Muley and, uh, and of course, you know, Claudia uh, Bresciano, Dino's, Dino's daughter, uh, so all these interviews were done uh, two years ago. I was the one interviewing Claudia because the interview was in French, and I was also the one interviewing uh, one of the uh, crime reporters, Claude Poirier. So, uh, so yeah, I was you know a, a consultant on, on the documentary, and I really really liked the way it uh, it was produced, the way it you know the, the way it was. Uh, cannot say uh, enough good things about them. So really, really proud to be part of uh, of, of that service. And, uh, you know, with that being said, uh, and uh, I'll, I'll understand if you uh, turn me down on the request, but uh, do you think uh, they might be uh, willing to come on the air with us at some point and uh, get interviewed with us? Who, uh, Jason and Evan? Yeah. I mean, I have no idea. You would have to, you would have to ask them. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, so if I tell them I know you and I tell them that we're good buddies, uh, that probably wouldn't get me anywhere. Then, right? <laughs> I'm kidding. That, that I'm would kidding. be a lie. That would be a lie, but it wouldn't be wrestling's first lie, right? <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, we have uh, uh, we have uh, Pat Labrada as our guest here. Uh, we have uh, 36 minutes left of regular time. Um, 
So uh, we're going to go around the room here. Then uh, we'll uh, then we'll come back and I'll ask you some hard hitting questions about your other documentaries. But uh, I want to introduce you to Granny Hulkster. Uh, she's a big wrestling fan, and uh, I know that she's now uh, your number one fan. I got bumped to number two, but uh, Granny, what do you got for our guest? Go ahead. Well, I've just been thoroughly enjoying listening to this interview, and it's you know just an awesome interview and. Uh, you know, I, I, I've i heard so many people talk about the dark side of the ring and everything like that, and I think it's just amazing at what you all are doing, you know, what you're doing with those interviews and everything like that. What made you decide that you wanted to do something like that? Um, well, I mean, everything that I'm involved with, whether it's books or documentaries or you know, just researching about pro wrestling. It's just a passion about 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 the sport. You know, it's a it's a passion I I had since I was a kid as I was saying, you know. It's something that I could share with my dad. And uh yeah, I mean in Montreal pro wrestling has a really long rich history. So uh it's just something that, you know, I, I fell in love with and that I just want to share the passion I had and um, books and, and documentaries and doing interviews are just ways for me to, uh, to, to, to share the passion, but also share the knowledge that I, uh, that I was able to get, you know, uh, uh, along the years, you know, and, and, and researching and reading and talking to different people and, and, you know, going to conventions and, and all that. So, uh, so yeah, I mean it's just you know I could talk you know for for uh, hours about wrestling you know but uh, uh, yeah that's just something that uh, that comes naturally and 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 it's just fun to uh, to 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 be part of that. Oh, that's that's awesome. That's amazing because I like I said I am a huge fan. I've been a fan of wrestling for years. I'm not a wrestler, you know, just because of the the gimmick name that I have, but you know, I've had this gimmick name for probably close to 22 years now because I love I do love wrestling and my I have an I have a shirt that I wear a lot to the wrestling shows that says what you going to do when Granny Holster goes crazy on you cuz I holler at all the bad guys. I don't like the heels. And I can talk some pretty good smack to him when I have to. <laughs> so. Classic, classic granny move. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, they. I have been called. I have been called a super fan too. I mean, I have been called a super fan by many people because I do love the sport. So. Awesome. Uh, we have. Uh... We have our, our, our good buddy here. Uh, we have uh, Pat Laprada as our guest here. We have uh, we have him for another 33 minutes of regular time here. Uh, Big Swing, uh, what do you got for our guest here? Uh, you're, uh, you guys have a lot in common. You're both in media. Uh, and, uh, you know, you guys uh, both do reporting and stuff like that. So uh, what do you got for our guest there? Go ahead, Big Swing. I mean, I'm more so on on the radio side than than in film, but um, my I guess my thing was uh, one of the premier moments, and you touched on it a little bit when you first came on. One of the premier moments uh, of my childhood watching wrestling uh, was the now infamous 
Montreal Screwjob, uh, and just the impact of of that and, and the way it shaped wrestling and the way it kind of made McMahon, you know, the heel and it led to the McMahon-Austin rivalry and all, all that, all that fun stuff. But being up that way, I've never actually spoken to somebody from the Montreal area regarding that. Um, what, what was your initial, uh, your and the people that you're around and that you, you frequent uh, impact when that happened? And, and is Montreal still a little salty about that as a city? Yeah, actually, I was at the show. Uh, I was oh, you were there? The oh, wow. Center. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it was the first pay-per-view that Montreal was getting, so uh, it was a huge deal. You know, over 20,000 mm. people showed up that night. Uh, oh, I mean, wow. At the time, I was, uh, how old I was? I was 20 years old. I was still, uh, I was still a mark, you know, I wasn't. I, you know, I knew about, you know, I, I knew it was scripted and everything, but, you know, I didn't really know the uh, inner working of, of pro wrestling. You know, I've never been in a backstage. I, I, you know, we're talking back in 1997. I wasn't really on the internet at the time. You know, it seems weird to, to say that now, but, you know, it's it's been it's been a long time. And so, so I didn't know about all those uh uh, you know, rumors and everything. I didn't know that Brett was actually, you know, leaving to WCW soon. Uh, I didn't know any of that going in. But what I do remember is at the end of the match, I was like, okay, something, something went wrong. You could, you could feel it. You could sense it. There was a feeling that I probably never had going to the matches, you know, and I've been going to the matches for almost 15 years, you know, by then. So there was something odd about what was going on. And when I saw Brett, and, you know, I, I will remember that for, for the rest of my life, uh, when he, he, he did those WCW letters, you know, with his fingers, I was like, oh, my gosh, he is leaving, you know. He is going to WCW. And, 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 and we didn't get WCW. Well, I shouldn't say that. We we we, we uh, in ninety in nineteen ninety seven we were getting nitro uh, at midnight on Tuesday nights on TSN, uh, but I was a WWF guy, you know. I, I I was watching Nitro from time to time because of the NWO. That's really what got in my uh, my uh, my interest into them. But I was more of a WWF guy because. You know, they were coming to town, and, you know, they had been coming to town for more than 10 years by then. So so I knew of WCW because of the shows, because of the magazines and everything. Uh, but, uh, you know, I remember feeling kind of sad to see Brett leaving for 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 the other team, you know, if, if, I, if I can say it like this. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, years later when I started, you know, getting involved in the business and then knowing more about, uh, about everything and reading and researching. Um, of course, the Montreal Screwjob job has to be uh, considered as one of the most important matches in the history of modern pro wrestling. Uh, and it's always going to be linked to Montreal. Some, some, some will tell you that they don't really like that because, you know, it wasn't perhaps wrestling on its best day. Uh, but uh, I, I disagree with that because it's still, you know, something that will always be talked about 
And it happened here in Montreal. It didn't happen anywhere else. It happened here in Montreal. And, um, yeah, people are still, I mean, I think it's more of a gimmick now than anything else in the sense that, you know, if if, if we see, if, if Earl Ebner is in town or even Shawn Michaels, people are just going to like to chant, you screw Brett, you know, because it's just a fun thing to do. Uh, but mm-hmm. I don't think people really, I don't think people are, are, are mad at Shawn Michaels anymore, but they, they, they always played it differently in Montreal. I remember years ago, uh, before Brett came back to the company, uh, Shawn Michaels uh, was at a Raw, if I believe. It was a Raw, it's my name, I believe it was Raw, in Montreal. And they played Brett's music, and the people, I was in the crowd, and people went nuts because they really thought that Brett was coming back, you know? So they like to play with our feelings like this. But when Brett yeah. did come back, he had, he had such an standing ovation from the crowd. Actually, actually, Brett is probably more popular in Montreal since the screw job than he was coming in. Because you got to remember that the province of Quebec, where Montreal is located, is a French, uh, mostly a French-speaking province. So the rest of Canada is English, but Montreal is a French, uh, is a French town. So Brett was a guy from Calgary, you know, it, it's, 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 it, he, he, he is an English-Canadian coming to a French-speaking country. So, uh, so he wasn't like a local guy to us. He wasn't like a Rougeau or Martel or Bravo. Uh, he was, you know, an English-Canadian. So he, he, he's probably more popular now than he was at the time. Well, see, I, I would have I thought it would have been – Completely opposite. It's actually interesting to hear that because I wasn't sure if, you know, city of Montreal and, uh, and all French Canadians, if they would have taken that personally, just because, you know, it was kind of a, kind of a slap in the, in the face to one of their home, you know, icons, really. I mean, pun intended there, icon, but I mean, it, you know, Bret Hart and the Hart family, who, by the way, is one of our sponsors at sharpshooterfunding.com, but um, the Hart family is a legacy in Canada, and to kind of do to Brett what you would do to a jobber in a dark match, uh, I thought was was kind of a spit in the face a little bit. I mean, I understand Vince's position, but I would have thought the city of Montreal uh, would have been a little bit more salty about it instead of, you know, more shocked. Oh, no, not at all. I mean, Brett, Brett always said that, you know, he didn't want to lose in Montreal because he feared he feared there's gonna there was gonna be a riot. There was never gonna be a riot here. I mean, I mean, as big and and I'm not I'm not trying to diminish the importance of the Hart family in Canada. I mean, they are the royal family of wrestling in Canada. There's no doubt. But you gotta understand the context of of the country here. You know, it's it's not one big territory. You know, it's as wide as the U.S. Montreal is in is on the east coast, like New York is. And mm-hmm. Calgary is more like, uh, I don't know, like Colorado, Denver, or, or you know, more in the, in the western part of, of the country. So it's, it's, you know, it's two different worlds, two different realities. And, uh, and, and, and because, I mean, just a few years before the screw job, uh, the province of Quebec wanted to separate itself from the rest of Canada. There was a referendum about that. So... So, I mean, you know, English Canadians, whether they were from Toronto, 
Calgary or Vancouver were not considered as local people here, so didn't degenerate the same reaction uh, from from wrestling crowds. Uh, you know, the, the the guys that were the most po- the wrestlers that were the most popular in uh, Montreal, historically speaking, are the ones that could actually speak French, aside from Al Hogan, Hogan being the only exception. So, so you have Dino Bravo, you have Rick Martel, you have Johnny Rougeau, you have Mad Dog Deshaun, you have uh, Yvonne mm-hmm. Roberts, Shot uh, Rougeau Jr., uh, right now Kevin Owens. Uh, so these guys, these guys are the ones that uh, that really click with the crowd because they could uh, speak the language uh, here, and, and and you know, so so that's why I always thought that it was kind of odd to read or to hear that there were going to be a riot. That 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 would have never happened in Montreal, maybe Toronto, but never in Montreal. Wow. Well, that's, that's some good insight because I've been wondering about that for a while. So that's that's actually pretty good insight because you know the the pay per view cut off like shortly afterwards. So you never really I never really knew what happened after the cameras went off. So that that's a good um a, a good thing to finally know after all these years. You know twenty what twenty seven years later or whatever it was twenty six years later. So good good to know actually. Excited. Yeah, we're talking uh, about it, and in, in 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 our book, Matt Does Mrs. and Screw Jobs, uh, we have a whole chapter de- dedicated to uh, the Montreal Screw Jobs. So if you want to know more, uh, or you know any listeners who wants to uh, who wants to know more, uh, you know it's it's uh, everything is in the book. So, uh, uh, Pat Laprade is our guest here. We got. Um... We got about uh, 23 minutes of regular time, and if we have to go a little over, because uh, we I, I do have a lot of uh, uh, questions. We do want to be able to hit all the points about uh, uh, all your projects. Um, now, uh, and uh, I, I did send you a little uh, a little message uh, on uh, on Facebook Messenger. Hopefully, you got that, and uh, you, you'd be able to uh, take care of us in that uh, regard. With that, uh, we can talk about that later, but. Uh, you know, one thing I want to uh, talk about is, uh, you know, you did the, you were involved in the Andre the Giant uh, documentary uh, for HBO. Uh, how long did uh, how long did it take to to produce that? And uh, uh, did you ever meet Andre? Uh, unfortunately, I never had the chance to to meet with him. Uh, I saw him wrestle. Uh, in Montreal uh, a few times. I think I once, when I was a kid, I think I tapped him on the shoulder or something. I can't remember being close to the uh, entrance uh, at one of the house shows, and I think I, like, tapped him on the shoulder or something. But, I mean, you know, I, I Andre was Andre was larger than life. Uh, in Montreal, you know, is the first the first town that he actually wrestled in in North America when he came from Europe, uh, and uh, he always, you know, had a special uh, place in his heart for Montreal. It, it was really his uh, his uh, home away from home, you know, his second home because uh, because of the language, because of the European uh, feel that Montreal has. Um, you know, Andre always liked Montreal. He had an apartment here 
for a decade before he moved to LRB, North Carolina. So, um, so yeah, Andre was was a huge, huge star here, a star here in Montreal. Um, documentary was was a, a really, really cool, uh, really fun experience. Um, they actually the, the the production team actually brought me to friends with them. So um, I was the one doing the interviews uh, with the brothers, with both Andre's brothers, because they didn't speak English. So I was the one doing the interviews off camera. I was also interviewed in it as uh, as an historian. So in the end, you know, I was uh, I was treated as a field producer for the documentary, something that I'm you know really really proud of. And it was such, you know, a huge success, you know. Uh, it was the first true documentary being made on Andre with, uh, with, with you know, most, uh, most of the things there were facts. You know, uh, they, they, they really tried to separate fiction from facts. Uh, we do it more in the book, but that's because of the format. You know, there's so much that you can actually do in an 86-minute documentary. So we had much more liberty in a 400-plus pages book. Uh, but uh, the quality of the documentary was really, really good. And, I mean, uh, I don't know if you guys have been watching the uh, Michael Jordan documentary on Netflix, Last Dance, but the director is uh, Jason, uh, Jason here, who is the same director that did uh, the Andre documentary and was with me. Uh, and the rest of the crew in, in France, you know. So uh, he's he's really great. Uh, he, he's a really great director, and it was just a, a, a fun experience uh, through and through. That's awesome. Now, uh, now you uh, uh, did the, and you might have mentioned this. Did the documentary come out first, or did the book come out first, or were they being done at the same time? Well, documentary was released in uh, 2018, and the book came out in uh, the book came out a few weeks ago. So, yeah, documentary was uh, uh, documentary came out first, uh, and then um, and then based on my work on it, uh, we uh, we we started working on the book. And uh, you know you you know you mentioned the the, the Andre the Andre documentary, uh, the Dark Side of the Ring documentary. Now I, I think you mentioned you also were uh, you also had another project. What what was that project? Well, I, I've written several books uh, on pro wrestling, so I don't know which one you're talking about. But uh, the Andre Actually, book was the uh, Andre book was the fourth one, so. Tell me, tell me which one you want to talk Here's about. a question for you. Uh, you know, I know you were talking about how you do commentating for WWE uh, for Monday yes. Night Raw in the French-Canadian area. When you do commentating for WWE, do you have to translate what Michael Cole and uh, Corey Graves are saying, or do you get to come up with your own material? Yeah, no, we come up with our own material. We actually oh, don't fantastic. have their, we, we actually don't have their commentaries. We, we we have we have the sound of the show, but we don't have we don't have what they're saying. So 
uh, that's the only thing that's being cut off from uh, from the format we're uh, given by WWE. So we don't have to pick and choose what we show. It's an, it's an hour that's already been produced and sent by WWE. Uh, but, you know, we, we come up with our own things, yeah. Have you been able to uh, commentate a WrestleMania yet or uh, a big event like that? No, we only do Raw, so the, the, the deal with the network here is only for an hour of Raw every week. Uh, so everything, you know, everything is about money. So if you want to if you want to have WrestleMania, if you want to have uh, more stuff to that, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, uh, you know, everything, everything comes with a price. But the, only, the other reason for that, the other reason for that is that every pay-per-view, is uh, being done in French uh, on the WWE Network, but they're, they're not being done by us. It's uh, former wrestler Ray Rougeau and Gene uh, mm. Brassard who are actually uh, taking care of that uh, every single month or, you know, before that old, uh, that old uh, crisis that we live in started. But, um, so, yeah, so if you go on the WWE Network, uh, you can actually listen to pay-per-views in different languages, and French is one of them. But that's a you know completely separate deal from what we do. Off topic for a minute. How are they dealing up there? Uh, how are they dealing up there with the um, with with the shutdown of the the hockey season? I mean, I know you guys take your Canadians pretty seriously. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a big, uh, it's a big blow, you know. Canadians didn't have a good season, so at least there's that, you know. We don't have to see them lose anymore. Uh, but you know, hockey is is really big, you know, and and and. Uh, but everything is being shut down, right? We have a soccer team in the MLS. Uh, that's not that's not gonna happen either. Uh, so uh, I mean, you know, the whole. Uh, world of sports is 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 on uh, is on hiatus and, uh, for a couple of months. The only now, other thing so, I wanted to talk to you uh, about, maybe you could get a little validity um, from it, was and again, this is a little off topic, but but I can give me a couple of minutes. I don't get to talk to somebody from Montreal very often. Um, I fine. I work for an, I work for an ESPN station here down in down in New York, and um, you know I have a sports talk radio show from 10 a.m. to noon every day uh, during the week, and um, one of the big topics we were talking about before uh, this whole virus thing hit and, and, and baseball subsequently did not begin uh, was the fact of, of the, the, the Tampa Bay Rays. And just bear with me for a second. Tampa Bay Rays have one of the lowest attendances in the major leagues. Um, and we've known for a while that Montreal has wanted their baseball team back. So there was a whole big thing that we were talking about where the Rays were going to play half their home games in Tampa and half their home games in Montreal sort of to see what the attendance was like and, uh, and see if, if they would consider possibly adding an expansion team back in Montreal. Uh, I happened to go to the Expos game, a couple of games in, in the Metrodome there before it shut down. Uh, is there any validity to that? Have you heard anything about that, uh, about potentially having baseball back in Montreal? Of course, it made the news everywhere here, uh, and and okay. people are really into uh, people are really into it. They they they, uh, they hope that this project will work. You know, with Steven Bronfman uh, at the uh, you know leading the project, he's a guy that actually 
has a very good reputation here. And, you know, hopefully it works because uh, people like baseball in Montreal. They're missing the Expos. And, and you know, it, it was such a, a such a tragedy in 1994, you know, when the strike uh, came in and, and the Montreal Expos were like the oldest team in Major League Baseball. Yeah, I uh, thought they had a shot at the World know, Series that year, to be honest. And then, yeah, it's just it, oh, it didn't, I mean, didn't go down. It, it was it, <laughs> – yeah, it would have been the Expos and the Yankees. That's for sure. You know, who, who would yeah. have won? That's another story. But, but you know, it, it would have been our first presence in the World Series. That's that's for sure. But, uh, yeah, I mean, ever since, you know, uh, fans, uh, you know, hope to see a team to be that competitive. And, and, you know, if we can have a team back, even if it's uh, half a team, you know, even if we share it with Tampa Bay, it's no problem. Look, here, uh, two days ago, it was, it was almost snowing here, so so April and May aren't the best months to actually uh, have a baseball game here. So let let's do those games in in in, in Tampa, and let's you know do uh, uh, July and August and early September in Montreal. You know, there's a way to do that, I believe, and uh, and and I think the team behind it is very serious about it, and if if everything comes into place. Uh, you know, I think uh, in a few years that could actually happen. Well, and just to give you guys a little bit of light, the story that I covered uh, on my show was, you know, the the half and half for, you know, the Rays playing there for a couple years, half of their games to, to gauge the attendance. And then it was the ownership of Tampa Bay playing hardball. Basically, they want a new stadium, the city saying no, and, you know, because they have a god-awful stadium down there. I, I have a house down there. Tampa, Tampa Stadium's not great. So then they were saying, you know what? Screw it. When our lease is up, if you guys aren't going to give us a new stadium and Montreal supports us, we're going to go full-time up there and become the Expos again. So that was and that that's a couple really of years when the lease is up. So, that, you know, that, that's kind I'm of the whole really chess match they're playing right now. I'm actually a big baseball fan. Uh, I've actually... Uh, I watched the game in every major league uh, stadium. Traveled oh, wow. all over the uh, United States. So uh, I've done all thirty, all thirty, thirty-one teams, if I include the Montreal Expos. Mm-hmm. So, so you know how you know, terrible Tampa Bay with... Stadium is, then? <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? I did like. I did like about the. Uh, uh, what's his name? There's a. There's a Hall of Fame. And I, I want to say, uh, isn't it the Ted Williams uh, Museum and Hall of Fame in, in Tampa? Uh, you know, that was kind of nice. Well, the, the Baseball Hall of Fame is in Cooperstown, New York. But, yes, there, there, there's a Ted Williams no, that's Memorial not what down I'm talking there. About. Yeah. yeah, there's yeah, a exactly, memorial down exactly. there. Exactly. So, yeah. so I always like to visit the stadium and try to find positives, you know, in, in every stadium I visit. So I remember liking a lot uh, that uh, memorial uh uh, museum there for Ted Williams, uh, and and I mean I've been always you know I always travel with my Vladdy Guerrero Expo uh, jersey, and I always get a lot of comments about oh we miss the Expos and you know oh yeah Guerrero and oh nice looking shirt and 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 so I mean even even the baseball fans haven't forgotten about the Expos, and you know hopefully we can that happen once again. And, yeah, and I'm going to say tomorrow on the air when I get on that uh, even though baseball is on pause right now, I have inside information about uh, 
the Expos uh, and the Montreal fan base being excited because um, somebody called in and said, what are they upset about? They got the Blue Jays. I'm like, you don't understand. Montreal and Toronto, totally different atmospheres. They don't want the Blue Jays. So, yeah, so it's it, it's great we're, to we're, know that. In, huh? I was going to say we do. We do root for the Blue Jays right now. Well, yeah. That's the well, I mean, you have to. Canada, like, yeah. we root, like we root for the Toronto Raptors, right? Uh, but, yeah. Uh, they won. Uh, they, they having won. a team in Montreal, having a team in Montreal would be a whole different deal. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna get. I'm gonna use that tomorrow, Icon. I'm gonna say uh, I have inside knowledge on uh, on Montreal's uh, acceptance of this. But anyways, uh, got off topic there. I tend to do that. But hey, I'm a radio guy. I like to talk. So Icon, do you have anything else? <laughs> yeah. Well, we have. Uh... We have, our, we have our new uh, friends from uh, Montreal up here, Pat Laprada. He's uh, we got about um, well, we got about uh, eight minutes here left, uh, give or take. Uh, so uh, so we get time to do this, so we can stick it in. If our fans wanted to check you out and see what you're doing, or uh, buy any of your books and stock up their their library with uh, your wrestling knowledge. Uh, you got a Facebook, you got Instagram, you got YouTube, you got a Twitch, you got an Amazon, you got a Spotify, uh, Spotify. What do you got? Uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, if you guys want to uh, order any of uh, of my books, uh, Amazon is obviously the place to go. Uh, so here's the titles again: Mad Dogs, Midgets, and True Jobs: uh, How Montreal Shaped uh, the, the History of How Montreal Shaped. The world of wrestling is the whole story of the Montreal territory. Uh, there's also uh, Mad Dog, uh, the Maurice Vachon story, the biography of uh, WWE Hall of Famer Maurice Mad Dog Vachon. Uh, there's also Sisterhood of the Squared Circle, um, the history of uh, women's wrestling, uh, and uh, the, the, the latest one, uh, The Eight Wonder of the World, uh, the true story of Andre the Giant. So you can find all of these uh, on Amazon.com. Uh, you can find me on every social media, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, at Pat Leprade, uh, L-A-P-R-A-D-E. So, yeah, I always enjoy talking uh, wrestling uh, with, you know, with fans. So don't hesitate to uh, follow me and uh, uh, give me a shout all right. Well, we have uh, Pat LaPaz, our guest here. Uh, we got about uh, six minutes here left. Uh, you know, I'll tell you, uh, with all the uh, with all the uh, the stuff that you've done and you've written to this point, uh, you know, do you have any other books that you're working on writing that you're writing now, or do you have an idea for the next book you want to do? Like, uh, uh, like your next book could be like How to Survive the Attitude Alive with the Icon or something like that. <laughs> um uh, that, that no that that would be that would be uh that would be a nice one to to do say I'm gonna add it. Uh, but um uh, actually there's there's a, a book that we that Bertrand Ebert who 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 co written uh, many of my books uh with me um uh, that we pitched to our editor uh, at ECW Press so uh we're waiting for an answer on them so I cannot really you know, comment more than 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 that. So, you know, if 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 it goes, uh, if if we get the the green light for it, if, you know, I'm gonna be talking about it on my social media. Uh, there's another book though that uh, me and Bertrand are working with uh, 
um, historian from uh, from uh, Canada, from Ontario. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking from Ontario. I think he's from Winnipeg, actually. Uh, Nathan Hatton. Uh, and it's kind of a prequel to Matt Dodgementers and True Jobs, uh, which would be the history of Montreal wrestling, but from um, from the mid 1800s up until 1920. So so let's call it the first era of, of professional wrestling in Montreal. Uh, I mean, people don't realize that guys like Frank Goss and George Atkinsmith. Uh, actually wrestled here at the time. Many French uh, wrestlers came to town as well. So there's a very interesting story. I mean, at the time, the um, the biggest wrestling promoter in town was also the owner of the Montreal Canadiens. The very first Stanley Cup that the Montreal Canadiens have won, the owner was the wrestling promoter. So, so try to imagine if Vince McMahon was actually uh, uh, NHL or MLB or NBA uh, owner, and he would win the World Series while being, you know, uh, while being, you know, the head of WWE. So that's pretty much what uh, went on in Montreal back in the early 1900s. So there's a very uh, interesting story to be told there. So we've been working on it for a few years, you know, on and off other uh, projects or in between other projects that we uh, that we've been working on. So uh, that's something that we'd like to uh, get done by uh, uh, by by a year or two from now. So uh, so yeah, but uh, this is not the other giant one. Is not the last book that Bertrand and I uh, will uh, team to. Uh, to, 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 to write and publish. So uh, uh, keep checking my social media to, uh, to know the, what the next one will be. Well, you know, we would, uh, we would like to, when you're ready to release that book, uh, uh, you know, uh, we would like to have you back on again with us uh, to promote that. Uh, and, uh, you know, you can, anything that you want to sell, you can promote it on our uh, Facebook page on uh off the ropes just go to off the ropes on facebook and uh you can post anything you want there we'd uh, love to uh help you sell uh, uh a lot of books and uh, making a new york times bestseller uh you know uh, uh approved uh by the icon or by attitude air live read by the icon and granny hulkster and big swing and uh you know it, it'd be awesome you know and because uh, you know we all know how to read i think uh but some of us like myself prefer books on tape but uh, you know, we, you know, we'd uh, we'd love to keep promoting you. You know, if it's approved by Granny Alter, I'm all I'm all I'm all I'm all okay with this. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, man. We thank you for taking time out of your schedule. You've been really awesome, and uh, we uh, love that you took time out of your schedule to be with us. And we do want to have you on again, and we will have you on again. I'll stay in contact with you, and uh, we'll. Uh, We'll definitely uh, get you back on. Well, thank you very much for having me, and it was nice to also talk about hockey and uh, and baseball. Uh, so uh, very nice uh, chat with you uh, guys, and uh, uh, hoping to be talking with you again, and uh, also with Granny Alster. Awesome. Thanks, man. Awesome. Have a great day. We appreciate it. Thank, thank you. you. Bye-bye. So yes, great show. A lot, a lot of great dynamic guests on, and uh, Icon's gonna do a little something he hasn't done before. Not tell us who is on next week. Go on the Facebook page, Off the Ropes, 
and they'll be posted there during the week, as well as clips from this show and a bunch of other goodies as well. This was another successful Monday, and we'll see you again to do it all over again next week. Dead man walking. You've done it now.